When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Welcome to Buckeye Talk. I'm Nathan Baird. He's Stephen Means. No Doug Lamarys tonight. We're keeping it streamlined. We're keeping it. We're keeping it crisp. It's going to be a, a quick, clean show tonight here on this Friday uh, for our daily podcasts. We, it's kind of an all-recruiting podcast. Later on, we're going to talk to C.J. Hicks and the newest – well, I shouldn't say the newest because we just had another one. we got to talk about that. But previously was the newest Ohio State Buckeye before uh, today. Um, they're joining us later on the show. We will get to that in a minute. Uh, first of all, Stephen, I-, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about today's news, um, which I think was uh, well forecasted that this was coming – but uh, Tyleek Williams, defensive tackle from Virginia uh, in the class of 2021, commits to Ohio State, another four-star guy, another uh, big piece for a defense that has really balanced itself well by getting impact guys at a lot of positions for this 2021 class. Just for starters, you know, what does he bring to the table? What does he mean for Ohio State for this class? Yeah, well, first of all, for the sake of being correct, you are correct. Deshaun McCullough is the newest Buckeye just in his class, not technically, you know, in 2022 right, he's the newest. Right. But, yeah, for, with Tyleek Williams, Ohio State was looking for another interior defensive lineman to join this class. A lot of people thought it would be Taiwan Malone, but things are kind of moving slow with that. And part of it is because he's a two-sport athlete who's actually a really good baseball player for someone who's over 300 pounds. And so the idea is he would like to play both at the college level. I don't know how, you know, feasible that is at Ohio State or at any Big Ten school in comparison. We've seen you know guys like Jameis Winston do it at Florida State, but that's not really feasible in the Big Ten. So we'll see what happens there. But yeah, Tyleek Williams, I, so, uh, we had a texter ask a question of where this kid came from. Because Tawan to, to, Malone was long thought to be the guy who would be the nose tackle who would join this class. He didn't come out of nowhere. Ohio State had been recruiting him. You know, He's the number 160 player in the country, number 10 defensive tackle in the country, and he's the second guy out of Virginia, this will be up on the site by the time a lot of you read, by the time a lot of you listen to this. He's the second guy out of Virginia, and potentially they'll get a third guy with Tristan Lee, depending on what happens there. But this has always been in the works. But a lot of recruiting is momentum. And for a long time, Talik Williams, his momentum was towards Virginia Tech. 
And then, you know, things happened, you know, obviously not being able to visit other schools maybe impacted some things. And, but Larry Johnson is also Larry Johnson and he has gone into that DMV area and pulled things out of nowhere plenty of times. Chase Young, another DMV guy that he pulled up and brought into Ohio State. So he didn't come out of nowhere. It's just, he was ready to announce and knowing that he probably wasn't going to be able to visit any schools. And he's probably banking on Jack Sawyer setting up that recruiting summit similar to what Oklahoma is doing. So he said, yeah, I'll join along. And when he announced that he was going to be committing on Monday, all momentum shifted in Ohio State's favor. So it's not random. It's not out of nowhere. It's just a lot of recruiting is momentum. And momentum was in Ohio State's favor at the time this kid was ready to make a decision and Ohio State took advantage of it. So they have Tyleek Williams now. They have Mike Hall as tackles in the 2021 class. They've got mm-hmm. Jack Sawyer coming off the edge. Anybody else for this defensive front? Uh, they've only got a couple spots left, really, realistically, for 2021. Yeah, I mean, JT Tumalau. That's, that's what it's kind of boiled down to here. Um, being out in Washington, uh, once again, a guy that hope, Jack Sawyer told me, hopefully they can get him here as well for that recruiting summit. It's going to be focused on commits, obviously, because a lot of them don't know each other in person yet. But – Maybe he comes, maybe a Mecca, the wide receiver, comes as well. But JT Tumalau, that's what it is at this point. It's, we're, that's what we're on Tumalau watch when it comes to defensive front for Ohio State's 2021 recruiting class. This commit put Ohio State back ahead of Alabama in the race for number one in this class, and they've kind of been flipping back and forth, and um, who knows how long that lasts. Um, what is kind of your expectation for that? Is that a spot that Ohio State's going to hold on to? Obviously, if they get – um, Tumalau and Emike Buka, both you know highly ranked guys, that makes it easier. Do they have to get both of those guys to hang on to that number one spot? I, maybe it's really funny, you know. At the at the end of the spring, we're having conversations on how we're going to write a bunch of stories about this might be the highest rated recruiting class of all time because they sat comfortably at number one, and everybody else is going to be fighting for number two. Even with Alabama not having done anything, we knew that they would eventually get the train rolling. But we just thought Ohio State was comfortably sitting at number one. And then here comes Alabama. Even at Ohio State's expense with Devontae Smith, the cornerback out of Ohio, and then J.C. Latham, who's from Wisconsin but goes IMG, getting that guy to come along board as well. But this is going to be a race now. Alabama's still in the running for some top 100 guys as well. They'll have a guy, a three- or four-star guy who's committing on Sunday. But that's not going to – Ohio State's still going to be in the number one spot even after that happens. But, yeah, this is a race now. Ohio State, I don't know if they necessarily need both to hold on to the number one spot, but they need at least one of those three five stars that they're still in the running for to come along board if they want to hold off Alabama for their first ever number one recruiting class. And that's the only championship they're going to get in this fall is a recruiting championship, so why not go for it? Well, those are 2021 guys. Like I said, we've got some 2022 guys here on deck, C.J. Hicks, Desan McCullough. Uh, McCullough just committed last week, linebacker from Kansas, but with – Ohio ties Uh, Hicks obviously from here in in Ohio so uh, even deeper Ohio ties there but both guys who and this is my first chance to talk to them I know that you've built a relationship with them a little bit here as uh, our our main recruiting guy but um, I guess I was kind of struck by just what is the obvious kind of enthusiasm they have I know they're they're talking to Ohio State reporters they know their kind of their audience for something like this is Ohio State fans but still just kind of a palpable excitement from them for building their class. I mean, they've seen what 2021 has done, and then now they get to kind of build what 2022 is going to be. Yeah, and if you're going to be the leader of the class, you do almost have to shut off 
any other recruitment and make it known publicly that my recruitment's over. I'm completely dedicated to one school. And that's why I took the time to ask, listen, it's over, right? There's, and they said, yeah, there's some schools still coming after them, but they're not paying them any mind. It's simply about finding that fourth linebacker to go along with those two and Gabe Powers, the five-star kid also from Ohio, but also starting to work on some other positions. They still don't have a quarterback. There's only, you know, Tegra Tishabola is the only offensive player in this class right now. We'll see what happens on Tuesday with Bennett Christian, the tight end out of Tennessee. But right now, it's one offensive guy and a bunch of defensive guys, and they're trying to get to where the 2021 class is right now, where they've built a solid foundation off of Ohio guys, and now they have to start going out there and getting some of these national guys locked down so they can be in a similar position and competing for a number one recruiting class. You feel like OSU is in a good position on Bennett Christian? Yeah, I, I, I don't. We don't do crystal balls here at Cleveland.com. But if I were to do one, I would pretty much say that Billy Christian's going to be the second offensive player to join the class. We should do. It shouldn't be crystal balls. People have done crystal um, balls. We should have something else. What's something else? Magic eight ball. No, that's not quite as. That's still, that's, that's, that's that's you're leaving it up to chance there. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll, we'll find that brand. Get back to us on Monday, and we'll have a brand for what we're going to say when I predict who's going to go where. That's what we're going to do. Yeah, by Monday <laughs> we'll have something. All right. Maybe not. Who knows? With that, we're going to take a little break. When we come back, we will be talking to to future Buckeyes, CJ Hicks and Dason McCullough. So, guys, welcome to another episode of Buckeye Talk. I'm Stephen Means, joined by Nathan Baird, and we have two special guests on with us today: two 2022 Ohio State football commits, CJ Hicks and Dason McCullough, kind of the leaders of the class at this point. Uh, let's just get into it. You guys have never met in person, right? No, we haven't. Okay, so let's just – how did you guys meet? How did it get to the point where both of you guys are Buckeyes and basically the main voices when it comes to wanting to recruit anybody else to be in the class? Um, It was after I committed, Mm -hmm. and I was just looking for other players to play with, and I stumbled across the signs, Instagram, because I seen that he had a whole bunch of offers. And – the highlight thing, you can scroll through it, and it has, like, all the team's slogans and emojis and stuff like that. For, like, for Texas, it's hook them. Then for OSU, it said LBU. And I sent them, like, a text on Instagram. I was like, if you want to be great, just come join me. And then we just started building our relationship from there. So, I mean, as you guys are building this relationship, CJ, obviously you were in the class earlier than he was as an Ohio native designed you're technically an Ohio kid for all intents and purposes who just so happens to be living in Kansas. How have you guys kind of grown this relationship without actually ever meeting in person and only really it being, you know, phone calls and text messages and whatever else? How have you guys built a relationship to this point? You know, just like the same thing I probably told a, a couple other people, you know, it felt it definitely feels like we've met before, you know, just with the relationship we have, you know, we talk to each other every day you know, about Ohio State or not, you know, just a, it could be a normal conversation. So I feel like us just having that bond every day. And then obviously, you know, us both being the leaders of this class, you know, it's kind of just like, you know, we get along in a lot of ways. So I feel like that's kind of how, you, you know, create a special bond like that without even meeting each other. I would say you guys have never met each other, but I'm sure that you've, you've watched film. You've tried to kind of get a sense of each other as as football players too, not just as as guys recruits in this class. So anything that has impressed you about the other one is you guys have, have done your research on each other and, and tried to find out what kind of linebacker you're going to be playing with. Yeah. Uh, Coach Washington had, when he had first told me about CJ, you know, the, fir- the very first thing I did was go watch, you know, his highlights and stuff like that. 
And, you know, I found a lot of similarities, you know, between me and him in there, too. You know, us both being tall, kind of, you know, could play the safety and the linebacker position. So there's a lot of things I kind of, you know, his tackling definitely was impressive, you know, just like how anyone could say, you know, a hard hitter and everything like that. So I feel like, you know, us both, you know, a combination of us both is something that, you know, Ohio State hasn't gotten yet. Yeah, when I started watching his film, same thing, Coach um, Washington told me about him. So I watched his film. He's a very hard hitter, very smart guy on the field. You can tell he's a team leader, and the defense is kind of revolved around him. So now that you both are in the class, and even before you both committed, as you're building that relationship with Al Washington, what are those conversations like? You know, as he's going through film with you guys, what is he kind of pointing out to you guys? And like in comparison to what you guys saw from 2019, the linebackers, I guess. You know, he he'll he'll do a bunch of different stuff with us. You know, when we watch film together, he'll you know he treats us like his players first of all. You know, he doesn't just treat us like recruits. You know, he. He wants us to get better right now. So when we're watching film with him, you know, we could be watching – we watch the linebackers at Ohio State. He kind of wants us to show, you know, what they're doing wrong and what they're doing right. You know, then he'll he'll take that same thing we put into our game, you know, let us know what we're doing wrong most definitely so we can get that fixed by the time we're up there. So he's, he's definitely treating us more like a coach than like, you know, just treating us like recruits, you know. So that's definitely something you can appreciate. So – how similar is what you guys might be doing at your high school right now as linebackers to what, I guess, whatever the bullet, if that's what we're going to call it, Sam linebacker, whatever it is, how similar is, is that to what you guys are maybe already doing at the high school level that you're able to maybe naturally come into that role when you get here next January? Well, at my school, we already had a spot that's similar to the bullet. We just call it the Rover. And it's just like if you want to run a 5-4 defense, which we do because most of the teams that we play is um, running teams. So we just have that outside linebacker just flip sides and just blaze to cover, dropping um, cover three and everything. So yeah. we already had that spot. For me, it would be definitely more, like a, more like, a, like a middle safety. Like I'm not – I don't really – I don't play linebacker much for my high school. I'm actually more of a free safety but it moves around. It's kind of like how he was saying, like a rover position. Like I could go from being the middle safety to blitzing off the edge to, you know, covering, you know, the three receiver, like like a slot corner. So, you know, we're kind of – it's a lot of similarities with the moving around and everything like that. And I feel like that's why I'm going to be prepared when I get to Ohio State. And the fact that all – well, both of us are playing, like, all the positions and stuff. Like he said, free safety, playing the um, nickel corner and me playing um, – the rover spot, I play middle linebacker as well. I play corner sometimes too. But, like, all that's just going to build into us and making us a smart combination at Ohio State. So, Desan, when you committed, um, a, a lot of people were writing or, or saying – they were bringing up um, the name Isaiah Simmons pretty quickly. And I, I think that's tough to, to put that on someone. Um, to, to, I don't want that, those expectations to already kind of weigh on someone. How do you, what do you think when you hear that, that comparison already? You know, obviously it's not, it's definitely not like a bad thing to have one, you know, to have that Isaiah Simmons comparison, you know, probably the same thing he would say if someone was, if he was compared to somebody, you know, you just want to be different. So I guess that's the comparison just because he's real different too. And, you know, I take that as a – I think that as a compliment, obviously, just seeing all the different things that he can do and, you know, his size and his length. And just to be compared to that's obviously a blessing. But, you know, I want to be my own player and something completely different too. And I guess he's a – you've got a similar body type to him. So you could probably answer that same question. Both of you got 
you're not normal looking linebackers. It looks like both of you can be division one athletes at a multitude of different sports if you really put your mind at it. So like, could you answer that same question? Um, I really don't get compared to Isaiah Simmons as much as he does because mm -hmm. he's from the same area as Isaiah yeah. Simmons. Both guys from Kansas, both guys play like super fast. They're both super fast, they're both super tall and they both weigh around the same spot. But I just try to like what he said, just be different. Um. I watched Jamal Adams, Isaiah Simmons, and Cam Chancellor since Cam Chancellor was 6'4", 230. And I'm 6'4", 2'18 right now. But just how big and how versatile those guys were and, like, the intensity they brought to the game, I tried to do the same thing. So now that you guys are in, obviously Gabe's kind of made it clear that he's maybe a little bit more low-key than you two are. He'd rather not have a Twitter if he didn't have to and all these different things. But he's still a part of this. He's still a highly rated guy as well. As you guys are talking about maybe who that fourth linebacker that you guys want to bring in, I guess who are some of those names that you guys have kind of discussed that you would want to come join you guys? You know, Sean Murphy definitely is the first name. You know, probably we both say, you know, that's that's definitely somebody who would be big for us. You know, another uh, five-star big inside linebacker. You know, that kind of really defined this class, especially for our linebackers. So, you know, he's the main person. Then obviously there's a couple other dudes, too, who are great players that we're still trying to go after. And, you know, really just trying to make this whole thing historic. So, so as you guys are doing this, and obviously, you know, player-led recruiting, especially at a time where you're not sure when you're going to be able to get on campus and the coach's kind of input is minimal because of what, they, what they're able to do here. I, I don't know. Do you guys kind of – I don't want to say overextend yourself, but do you guys ever get overenthusiastic as you look at different guys' films and different videos of guys, even if you go to different camps that you guys have been able to go to this summer? You know, when you're going back to Al Washington and Ryan Day, you know, are you guys ever overenthusiastic about guys, you know, who may be able to join the class, whether they're in your position group or maybe it's a, you know, a cornerback or anywhere else? Uh, I'd say – I wouldn't say – you know, obviously I get excited about guys, you know, when you look at their film and they're great players and you hear they're interested in Ohio State, you know, definitely I'm, I'm excited to, you know, tell Coach Day and tell Coach Washington, like, you know, it could be this, you know, this or that player, you know, they're really interested in Ohio State, you know, let's, you know, let's push for them hard. So I would never say I get overexcited because, you know, you really want to get to know them, you really want to build a relationship with them outside of this football, you know. That's that's the main thing I want to do with, you know, guys I'm recruiting to come to Ohio State. I want them to feel like, you know, this is home, even if you haven't visited here. So, you know, it's a lot of things, you know, that take place outside of coaches recruiting. You know, me and CJ kind of are doing our job and making players feel like this could be their home, too, even if they haven't met us yet. Yeah, same thing goes for real. But, um, like, what Desan was saying, I just talk and, like, try to build a relationship personally. Like, first time I talked to a recruit, I would, like, tell him to come to OSU. But, like, once we start building that relationship, I don't even talk about football like that. I'll bring it up sometimes. But, like, I just want to know, like, everything. Like, just trying to keep a friendly relationship with them. How's their family and stuff like that. And just, like, like me and Asan, me and Asan started playing the game together. That's how me and him got so close. Mm -hmm. So, kind of to that point here. Um, Desan's kind of given me his side of the story of how you found out he committed. Um, just give me your, from your point of view, you know, just like walk me through how, what was going on that day when you got the call or the text from him that he was officially going to be a part of the 2022 class. Well, when I first saw that, um, he posted on Twitter that he was going to commit and he didn't text me at all. Cause I was at practice. <laughs> 
So I was very confused. So I was like, I thought I was going to be the first person he would tell. But I called him. I was like, because the day before he was texting, well, tweeting stuff about like Texas and stuff in LSU, I was very yeah. confused. So I called him. I was like, what's, what you doing? Like, what's the move? And he's like, I'm officially a Buckeye. And I was very excited. You can ask him the same thing. I was very excited. Yeah, he was shocked. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't stop smiling the whole way home from practice. I was telling everybody I saw him, like, he really about to commit. But, yeah. He said you had to pull the car. How'd your mom pull the car over? Cause you kind of. I didn't have my mom pull the car over, but I was very really <laughs> excited that he committed. This is why we always ask the. We always go to the source to find out, so we get <laughs> the real story. Hey, this is you guys are both uh, important recruits for Coach Washington this year. I mean, this has been you know, his second year in the program, but his first year to kind of um, bring in like a big linebacker class and kind of start putting his really put his stamp on the room. I'm just curious, as you guys are going through the recruiting process, what was about him that was different or what about the connection you had with him was important as far as helping you guys, convincing you guys both to pull the trigger? And beyond just thinking that he knows about football or whatever, what was the connection there that, that helped bring you guys to Ohio State? Uh, with me, well, yeah. you can go. You can go to Sarah. Sorry. Uh, I'd say with me, it's uh, it was definitely the constant communication that he had with me. You know, he always – he was when we first started talking, he was definitely talking to me two to three times a week. I felt like that was a big deal at the time because, you know, not a lot of coaches were doing that. You know, going over film with me, really just improving me as a player right now, you know, that felt – you know, that was a special feeling for a coach to do that for me. You know, the way that he fights for his players and everything like that, you know, is a special feeling, so – that and along with, you know, my relationship with CJ, it kind of just felt, you know, all the places kind of fell, in, uh, you know, together. And I just pulled the trigger early. Well, with me, it was like I'm looking from the outside in. He played football in Columbus. His wife is from Columbus. And he also, like, he coaches for Ohio State. So, I mean, thinking, I don't think he's going to go anywhere. That's one. Two is, like Desan said, the communication. Communication was really good. I talked to him more than any other coach I talked to. Other schools that I received offers from would just offer me. I'll never just hear from them again. Coach Washington, he kept the communication going. He's a real family guy, and I just wanted to be a Buckeye. So I guess my follow-up to that for both of you is uh, the assistants go out and they do a lot of the, the – the grind to, to find you guys and build these relationships and bring you guys in. But at the end of the day, people talk about this as, you know, Ryan Day's 2021, 2022 recruiting class or whatever. So when does the connection, when does the relationship start with, with Ryan Day during your recruiting process? And what did you guys both need to see from him as a head coach in that process? And how did he come through with that? Yeah, for me, I'd say mine actually probably led up to the reason I committed. But, you know, I my, my relationship with Coach Day started immediately once I had my uh, virtual visit with him. He, you know, he was the one who offered me a scholarship. He was the one who uh, kind of was, you know, leading through that virtual visit kind of with me. And, you know, the reason, you know, I kind of, you know, I haven't met him before, so, you know, you could be iffy about that. But then I saw the way he was fighting for his players throughout this whole time with the Big Ten canceling their uh, their season. You can see how much he fought for their players and how much he really cared about, uh, you know, a real players coach, how much he really cared about them and everything like that. You know, that has kind of made me believe this is the type of coach I want to win championships for. With me, um, Coach Day was the first Ohio State coach I've talked to that was actually trying to recruit me. 
So it was just building that relationship. I would come up to games, and he would just make me and my mom feel at home. He would just continue a conversation with me. Um, and with Desan said as well, like how he fought for Ohio State, not even just Ohio State, just the, like the Big Ten period, and like how he wanted kids to continue to keep playing and just stay on campus and be with their teams. So you know, to the point, the Big Ten's not playing football this year. I mean, this this fall. We'll see what happens next. But as you guys are talking to other recruits in your class and just you know doing what you guys do as committed guys, do you get a sense that some of the guys maybe are backed off a little bit by you know maybe considering Ohio State just because of what the Big Ten did and their decision to not play football and how that may impact things going forward? And do you have to have that conversation with them? Like, I, listen, I know it you know it affects twenty twenty, but that has nothing to do down the line when we finally get on campus. And is that much of a yeah? You know, they never. Uh, there's no. There's no recruits that have uh, kind of backed off because of that. Anyway, you know, they kind of. They kind of get it. You know, it's not really the school's decision exactly. It's kind of you know the presidents and everything like that deciding. So you know, that's not really anything I have to like discuss with them. You know, they they understand the reason the reasoning why the Big Ten and uh you know the Pac-12 aren't playing and stuff like that. So it doesn't really take away any of their interests. It's probably a once in a lifetime thing. You know, so. In two years, you know, it'd definitely be back to normal and everybody would be playing. Yeah, like I, all the recruits I talk to, none of them bring up like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to come to your school because of you guys shut down or I'm going somewhere else. It's all – It's every, by the time we get on campus, I don't think Corona is still going to be going on. So how much of a drag, though, is – how much of a drag, though, is just not having college football this fall for you guys? I mean, you, you, don't, you don't play college football yet and you've got your – your situation's already locked up, assuming you go ahead and sign. So, but I mean, you don't get to do official visits. You don't get to watch football. Like, is that how much of a just a bummer is that to not have that around this fall? But at least from a Big Ten standpoint. Yeah, you know, definitely. You know, talking about Ohio State, it's definitely real. You know, disappointing, obviously, not to see the school you committed to play. But uh, you know, I trust in I trust that this team this year would have been something special. You know, you know, you could see all the pieces they had and everything. You know, obviously would have been special. So it's real disappointed not to be able to watch with the presidents and everybody deciding, you know, the Big Ten's best interest was not to play. So, you know, I guess now, you know, just to stay connected with college football, you have to watch, you know, all the other teams play and kind of just, you know, get excitement through that or just watching teams play. So that's really the only thing you can do. Yeah, I was really looking forward to go to the um, Team Up North game because they came down to Ohio State this year. That was a game I circled up on my schedule after I committed. Like, that's the game I really want to go to. But since everything's canceled, I really can't go. Already that Team Up North, huh? Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah, when's the last time you actually said the word Michigan? <laughs> when they offered me. Yeah. When they offered me. They, they offered me, like, a week or two before OSU did it. Okay. Um, I don't know how much you guys pay attention to what 2021 is doing as far as that class. I don't know how many of those guys you know. CJ, I know you know Jack Sawyer. But as you can see, he's trying to put together something similar to what, you know, Oklahoma did with some type of recruiting summit where you just get guys on campus, even if the coaches can't be involved, just so guys can see the campus. So when they get there in January, they're not walking around with their heads cut off trying to find things and just trying to build relationships so everybody can see each other in person. You guys have a similar thing going on. Um, CJ, I'm pretty sure you've seen a lot of the other commits in person because all of you are right here in Ohio. But as you look at them trying to put that together, is is that an idea that you guys would want to do eventually since we really don't know when the next time you guys are going to be able to get on campus and do 
the normal things that go on in a recruiting process. Yeah, you know, I can definitely speak for it right now, you know, with yeah. I'm the only recruit outside of Ohio right now for 2022. So, you know, it's definitely already been talking about just me coming to Ohio in general and, you know, visiting and getting to see everyone, you know, even if the co- obviously the coaches aren't involved, you know, that's already been in the talks and something for us to do. So what Bennett Christian did when he just decided yeah, I was about it, to I'm just going to go. Thing. Go ahead. I was so, going to yeah, say the that, same thing you were saying, like how he just had a, a Columbus visit. He didn't have like an Ohio State visit. Mm-hmm. But um, we, I talked to um, Trey about it because he might he said something about they might do it with 2022 as well. Mm-hmm. But at this point, I still don't know. I'll have to talk to him about it more. So do you guys build a relationship with those guys too? Because, I mean, they're only a year older than you guys. And once you guys are sophomores and they're juniors, you guys will be the, the crux of the – the program and the crust of who's ever out there on the field. So are you guys building a relationship with those guys as much as you are with your own class? Yeah, I don't know. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. I am. I most definitely – I didn't know if the song was talking to in 2022 – 2021 commits, but I most definitely am. Yeah, you know, with me just now committing, you know, definitely it's kind of a new thing talking to the 2021 guys because obviously I was just real in tune with, uh, you know, everybody committed in 2022. But that's obviously something, you know, I'm really interested in, building a relationship with the dudes, you know, that just a year – just a year ahead of me. So, you know, I want to build a tight relationship with them and be ready to compete with them. So just kind of lastly here for both of you guys, this I know you tweeted it out and CJ, you probably tweeted it out at some point in the last couple of months, but you guys are completely closed 100% in. And at this point, it's just trying to bring anybody else along. Yes, sir. Yeah, definitely. And my recruitment's hundred percent shut down. Yeah. Is that my... Good. Go ahead. I'm not open up to any other schools. Only school that I really talk to anyway is still OSU. Some schools try to reach out, but I don't show yeah. interest. I'd no, be respectful, of course, but I don't show interest. Yeah, that was going to be my question was, how often are you still hearing from other schools that are trying to, to, to break in? I think people from the outside, they have a kind of a vague idea that recruiting doesn't necessarily end until signing day with college football, but how, how much are other teams still trying to um, catch your ear? You know, there's, there's probably still like two or three teams trying to, you know, still, you know, talk to me, get me on the phone and stuff. You know, at this point, it's, I, I don't even respond to them. You know, I, I made it pretty clear that my recruitment shut down and, you know, I'm just 100 percent of Buckeye and you're ready to focus on that. Yeah, it's two. It's two teams that talk to me as well. But they already know that I'm still committed because they tried to. Well, a school tried to offer me. I'm not going to name the school right now, but a school tried to offer me after I committed. I didn't accept the offer because I was said I'm 100% committed to Ohio State. Well, like I said, like thank you guys for joining us on another episode of Buckeye Talk. You guys have been great. These are the two leaders, basically, of the 2022 recruiting class, Hassan McCullough and CJ Hicks. Um, and that was Buckeye Talk. Mm-hmm.